The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on, man? The Pope resigned. Michael Vick get a $10 million contract for one year? Come on, man. What else happened in this sports world? I guess the fat boy's going to break up next, man. But, uh... <laughs> hey, hey, man, it's just a lot going on. I'm very excited to see Michael Vick uh, re-up. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to see him in that offense that uh, Chip Kelly ran at Oregon. Uh, I, I think it's just a great natural fit. And uh, the way the contract's structured, if uh, Vic does well, he'll be able to um, to renegotiate. It's, it's a three-year contract on paper, but really it's a one-year, $10 million deal. So I guess uh, they can see if it's going to be a, a, a match made in heaven. But just excited that Vic decided to, um, to stay in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm very excited about that too, Sam. But, you know, um, I really like to start our show off talking a little bit about some of these college kids signed this week. Um, the rich got richer, some would say. Um, some people would say um, some parents got some jobs this week because some kids went to college. Hey, man, uh, I tell you what, uh, college football uh, national signing day is becoming like uh, the NFL draft. You know, it, it starts at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, ESPN, Rivals, all of the um, the major uh, recruiting services. They're having kids commit live on their show. Uh, it's kind of um, making kids not commit just so they can uh, – Add to the excitement of a signing day. It's, it's, it's also definitely an exciting time for um, for high school athletes. You know, you work hard and uh, you're rewarded for uh, for that hard work. And uh, you know, the parents. Uh, it, it's a blessing when your kid can sign a scholarship. But you know, we're to, um, on today's show, we're gonna we're gonna look at the the many sides of recruiting. You know, that's just one part of it. You seeing the kid. Uh, put the hats on the table and, uh, and, and pick a school and uh, you think he's going to spend the next four or five years of his career there. Kids are talking about, hey, I'm going to be here for uh, three years, uh, maybe four. Uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of these young men don't know what's in store for them. You know, you're right. A lot of young men don't know what's in store for them. A lot of young men probably made a bad decision going to a school like, <laughs> like um, maybe Alabama. Or maybe even Ohio State, when they probably would have been better off going to a school maybe like Miami of Ohio. You look at a player like Joe Flacco, who went to Michigan, your alma mater. No, he went to Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh. Excuse me. 
He went to Pittsburgh. You're thinking then, you're thinking mm-hmm. of Michigan because he ended up at Delaware and they got similar uniforms to the world. Yeah, you, they do have similar uniforms to the world. But he ended up going to Delaware. And and look where he is now. You know, without that trip to Delaware, I don't think he would have been where he is now. Uh, hey, he uh, he made a, a business decision. He went to um, Pittsburgh, and uh, it, it wasn't the right system for his skill set. And uh, he made a good decision uh, for his career to transfer. Uh, he went to a smaller school. He had the opportunity to show that uh, that he could be a big time football player. And uh, and and that's what some of these young men, uh, like you mentioned earlier, instead of going to some of the bigger schools, you know, there's nothing wrong with going with a smaller school. If you watch the NFL draft uh, each year, you see guys being drafted from NAIA schools to Division II uh, to Division One. So uh, if you can play football at the end of the day, the, um, the guys in the NFL, they're going to do their homework. They're going to find you. And, uh, you know, a lot of these kids, I'm sure they don't know that only 1.7% uh, of college players play professionally. Uh, and uh, eight hundredths of high school players play pro football. And, uh, you know, there, there's a little over 1.1 million high school players playing football. And only, you know, that that's a small percentage of guys that are, are actually going to that next level. So uh, the, the main thing for these young men is to pick an institution where they're going to have some academic success if they're uh, fortunate enough to um, – to, to play and uh, go go pro, that, that's just icing on the cake. But the main thing is that these kids should be more focused on picking a school uh, that the system fits their skill set and, and most importantly, where they can get an education. You know, Sam, <clears throat> I guess the most important thing is getting an education and leaving a college with a degree. You know, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to a university where, People really cared about us graduating from college. You know, I, I'll never forget a, a woman named Anna Price has like been an angel for the University of Miami where she was an academic advisor. But not only was she an academic advisor, she was more or less like that lady that went around and talked to your teachers. Has, has, has Daryl been in class this week? You know, she was that kind of person. And not only for me, for like 90 guys on the, on the team. And she had a staff, not much of a staff, but, you know, I think it's it's – it's going up, going to a college where you're going to get something for all that sweat and tears and blood that you left on the field, and and it ain't going to always be a million dollar check. Uh, hey man, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. But but you know, hey, we were eighteen, nineteen years old too. We were in high school. We were recruited, and uh, you know, we we thought that our stuff didn't stink. Also, and uh, you know. I always dreamed of playing in the National Football League. You know, uh, I knew that I had to go to college to accomplish that. But uh, it, it, it's a reality check. When you get to the to the campus uh, uh, in August, your first games in September, you know, uh, a lot of times you're just not physically or mentally ready to play uh, regardless of uh, how highly recruited you were or how good you think you are. It, it's a reality check when you get on campus and you see guys that are bigger, stronger, faster. They know the system. And, uh Man, it's, it's, it's a very eye-opening experience that a lot of these men are going to be uh, – they're going to be in shock. Cause, because I tell you, there's an, another thing. It's just sitting in meetings for seven and eight hours a day doing two-a-days, and uh, it's just all football. It can be a very overwhelming experience if you're not mentally prepared for that. You know, it is a very eye-opening experience when you get to college 
and you think you're going to play right away, and you see guys that haven't touched the field, haven't touched the field, and they've been there two years prior to you. You know, so I I think you know it is a reality check for a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I was I was a four year letterman at my college and played my freshman year, but I was also redshirted my redshirt freshman year. So the first year I got there, I didn't play at all. And I think that's something that some kids have to um, have a reality to too. That it's a possibility that you may not touch the field. You may be dressed out and looking as nice as you could in your uniform. But you're not going to touch the field the entire season because you're going to get redshirted. You're not going to be on the, on the field. So I think that's another um, something that a lot of kids have to, you know, get accustomed to. And, and, and sometimes they don't realize that that's the best thing that can possibly happen to them because not only does that give you an opportunity to develop physically, uh, you get to mentally, you get to learn how to prepare and see what it takes to be successful, but it also gives you an opportunity to get acclimated to the academic schedule. And, uh, you know, it, it's a blessing in the skies for a lot of these young men. It's just that their egos that they come in with, they've been the greatest thing since sliced bread in high school. And, uh, you know, they're telling everybody I'm going to, to the University of Miami or I'm going to Florida State or Miami or Alabama and I'm going to play, not realizing that these teams are loaded, that there's tons of talent up there. There's guys that have waited their turn and, uh, and then they're, they're not going to let a young freshman come in and take their position, man. If you're an upperclassman and a freshman come in and beats you out, man, you might as well. It's over for you. So uh, it, it's friendly competition. But some of these guys, they're they're picking the wrong schools, and, and they're picking them for all the wrong reasons. You know, uh, mom wants me to go there. It's close to home. Sometimes, man, you have to man up, and you're gonna you're going to have to – you're going to have to do what's unpopular. You're going to have to upset some people in the family. You're going to have to go to a school that's uh, not in driving distance where you're not going to be able to see your family every week. But uh, you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, one of, one of my um, rules when I was recruiting or whenever I was a host is, man, I'm going to tell guys the truth, man. You, you have to let them know how it is, uh, how it's going to be at the university. If the coaches are hard, if the academics are hard, you know, you got to go to school. You, you got to tell the truth to the recruits. And at the end of the day, the most important thing I think that I can ever tell them is that you have to make this, the decision that's best for you. You are the one who's going to have to spend the next four or five years of your life at this university, not your parents, not your uncle, you. So you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And, and that's for sure. You know, um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of dirty business that goes on in this recruiting process too, Sam. And I think that's some of the things that one of the things that's really overlooked sometimes, you know, a, a lot of kids are influenced by their parents, but if you live, if you live in a small town and the best jobs in that town is a factory job and all of a sudden your uncle and your father can get one of those jobs that they haven't been able to get for the last five years or 10 years. And now all of a sudden they can get that job because you're going to the state university. You know, um, I think that's a little shady, but it, because if, if they're going to give you, if they're going to give dad a job, they might as well give dad five grand. Or in Cam Newton's case, give his dad 125 grand. You know, it's a dirty business, man. And 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 and, and I and I'm and I'm not so so I'm not so 
against saying, "Hey, these kids shouldn't get money." No, that's not what I'm saying. I think it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of shysty the way these things happens in back rooms for kids to go to college. And um, we just want all our listeners to know that we're not sitting here insinuating that universities are cheating to get young men to come young men to come to their universities sometimes it's just alumni that uh that own those companies that just love their university and are willing to do whatever it takes to help the university and uh sometimes they don't realize by offering those jobs that they're in violation of nca ncaa rules so we're not sitting here insinuating that one university cheats or but it's just the reality of recruiting and uh, on the flip side of that, sometimes that they're putting pressure on on these parents to say, hey, if your kid don't go to this state school, you're going to lose your job. Wow. So, you, you know, exactly. that, that that's just part of the recruiting business. We're not pointing the fingers. It, it happens everywhere. You just have diehard fans that love their university and will do anything to help them be successful. And a lot of times the coaches or administrations at the schools have no idea that this stuff is going on. You know, Sam, I, I was recruited in 1980s, in the early 80s. And I can remember going in the locker rooms after games and getting those $200 handshakes, man, at, at, at 17 years old. You know what I mean? that it, it was almost enough to make you go to um, that particular college. Hey, you know? man. When you, hey. don't got a pot, when you don't have a pot to piss in, you know, it's $200 will go a long way. Oh. It'll go a very long way. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You am on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we're going to start looking at some of these recruiting classes, and we're going to continue to give you the lowdown on the recruiting process and the sturdy business that it can be. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, you know, we're still talking about this recruiting situation. Uh, you know, and you, when you're helping a university recruit athletes by showing them around the town or the city you live in, um, taking them out to dinner, uh, that's 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 almost as much fun as being recruited in a sense because you get a chance to enjoy the city, um, enjoy the city on the university, um, stack up a nice restaurant bill, which you probably hadn't eaten, eaten a good meal like that. Since, since your recruiting college. visit. <laughs> yeah, since your recruiting visit. Yep. So, hey, you know, and it's a lot of stories that go on, man. I'll never forget, we, we were recruiting this kid to come to University of Miami, and uh, he said, uh, I'm not going to name the school, but he said they offered him $40,000 to come there. Man, all of us said this at the same time. I think it was like three of us said, you should go there. Come hey, on, man. man. That, that, that's yeah. a lot of money, man. Cash, tax-free, too. And, and this was like in 19... This was like 1985. Come on, man. You know how much $40,000 was in 1985? That's like that's like over hundred grand, man. But, uh, you know, hey, like you said, man, that there was nothing like being a part of uh, um, the recruiting weekend. If uh, your coaches designated you to be a host, man, uh, you had a responsibility uh, not only to the team but to the university, and uh, you know you had to represent the university in a um, in, in a in a great manner. And uh, you know, uh, to to me, I looked at it like it was a privilege uh, being at the University of Michigan, being able to host a guy. Uh, first and foremost, wanted to show him a good time. Secondly, just wanted to give him all of the information and um, help them. Uh, make the the best decision in regards to their career uh, never put any pressure on anyone to commit to just told them basically to do what's best for them and uh you know made friends in a in a still still and still I'm still friends with some of the guys that I've uh, hosted that uh, didn't decide to come to Michigan. You know, uh, it's a brotherhood at the end of the day, man. It's just uh, a great opportunity to see other young men uh, to accomplish their goals. And, um, hey, I came in with a class of 25 plus and, uh, you know, it's rare that 25 guys are going to stay or be at the university four or five years later. And um, it's no different at the University of Michigan than than anywhere else. You know, we had guys leave because of lack of playing time. We had guys leave because um, they weren't focused academically. So there's many reasons why guys don't stay and finish the course. And uh, a a lot of it, in in my opinion, is that guys are picking schools for the wrong reason. And, uh, Sometimes they don't do enough research to see what guys are are going to be there that they're going to have to compete with or who's coming in the class along with you and uh, what are the team needs uh, a year uh, a year from the time that you sign you know so you got to be able to project all these things you you really have to become a recruiting expert on your own to figure out what's best for you and and that's for sure man 
you know, um, I, I came when I came into college to the University of Miami, we were on probation. And a matter of fact, it was the last year of a probation that we were on. We could only get 18 scholarships. I was one of only 18 guys to come in that year. The following year, we won a national championship. But um, when I when I look back at it, of the 18 guys that came in with me, four of them didn't make it. You know, they either transferred, quit, or just never came back. You know, so it's and, and that's going to happen with every class. A certain number of guys are not going to make it. A certain number of guys are going to going to quit. Um, and and in, and in some cases, man, um, we've had guys to have been murdered at the University of Miami. You know, in some case, one case hasn't been um, hasn't been solved yet. But so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of different situations that uh, these young men have to get themselves prepared for and be prepared for in this next journey of their life, next step of the next journey of their life. Yeah, and when and when we talk about the rich getting richer, you know, Alabama they just won a national championship. They just consecutive national championships, and uh, uh, me and you, we both were uh, fortunate enough to be a part of a, a national championship. And, and I tell you, there's nothing like being a host after you win a national champion national championship. You you're getting the cream of the crop of high school players that want to come and visit your campus, and uh, you know Alabama's they're they're taking full advantage of uh, them uh, basking in the national championship spotlight. But the one thing that uh, I, I really want to um, commend the University of Alabama on is uh, I, I feel they do a, a great job of recruiting for needs. And, um, you know, they, they get a lot a lot of highly ranked uh, kids, but they're doing a great job of developing these young men. You're seeing freshmen coming in and uh, with the opportunity to play. Uh, Coach Saban has done a great job of uh, having a two-back system. Uh, they, they lose Lacey, but they pick up four top 100 tailbacks. So uh, to go to go along with uh, T.J. Yeldon. So just talk about the competition that you're going to have there. You're right, man. And um, you know this this guy Saban looks like he, he's almost got this situation like an NFL. They don't just go out and get the best players. They go out and get what they need. And and when you win in championships. You're not going to have a problem getting what you want and who you want, and um, it sounds kind of it's it sounds kind of like you're owning something or someone. But when you when you're that good, it's it's like bees to honey. Everybody wants to come to you, and uh, he's always going to be able to get the best players as long as he's winning and dominating college football, or even not not necessarily dominating, but staying at the top of college football. So. You're in the um, and you're also you're in the elite group of uh, teams when you can turn down big time players, man, because they don't fit your need. Uh, I, like I said, I, I really love the way that he's using these running backs and what the sales pitch that he's using to get these young men to come there. I mean, when, when you really think about it, you play running back. The um, the career of a running back is very short. And what Saban is basically selling these young men on is, hey, let's sacrifice some of those carries. There's no need for you to be the workhorse and carry the ball 350, 400 times in a season. Hey, let's split it up. And that's going to help your professional career out. And uh, he's doing a great job of uh, of uh, 
honoring his word. If you, if you look at it with Mark Ingram and uh, Trent Richardson, and then Trent Richardson and Lacey, and then Lacey and Yeldon, and now Yeldon and whomever takes the torch uh, from Lacey, that, that's, that's a hell of a sales pitch to um, let these guys know that uh, not only are you going to come here and get the, get the opportunity to play as a young guy, but you're also going to be um, rested enough where when you get to the NFL, they're going to be like, he's a low mileage back. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pass the torch to you and let you explain to our listeners what a low mileage back means. <laughs> you know, um, a low mileage back, is is not Percy Harvin. You know, I'm going to tell you something, man. When you saw Percy Harvin in college, um, Urban Meyer literally tried to hurt that kid. He gave him the ball 30 times a game, every game, whether it was a handoff or receiving. And when you look at it, at the end of the year, this young man has had his hands on the ball over over, over 300 times. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So, um, you know, Saban tells these guys that, hey, we're going to have two running backs and you're not going to be able to you're not going to put all that punishment on you. You're going to have an opportunity to to go into the go to the next level as a fresh running back. And you're not going to be beat up and banged up and hurt and, and suffering from uh, arthritis in your third in your third year of college because you've already ran the ball more times than uh, Earl Campbell, man. So. I, I really admire for that. And the NFL really takes notice of this. You know, that they're, they're counting guys snaps from high school uh, throughout college. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that I, I really have a little concern about, uh, Derrick Henry, he's a kid out of Florida, out of Uly, Florida. He's the all-time leading rusher in the history of high school football. Now, this is a guy that has a lot of miles on him. And I, I think the best thing – that he could have did is to commit to the University of Alabama because now he's not going to have to carry the ball 40 to 50 times a game like he did in high school. And uh, just I can only imagine the um, the impact he can have as a 15 to 20 carry guy in that um, Alabama system. Now, if you go a little farther and look at the number two team in the uh, recruiting rankings, the University of Florida, you know, Coach uh, Muschamp, he's doing a good job, man, of a uh, – putting in a system he's instilling discipline he's had to clean up a mess from uh urban meyer uh that that he left but uh, i really like the job that coach muschamp is doing at the university of florida he brought in the legacy and uh kelvin taylor along with uh vernon hargraves the third uh just a big time cornerback you know a nice recruiting class for the university of florida but uh Again, I, I, I promise you, you're listening to it right here today on Sports Info UM. Probably are only a third of these guys that end up being impact players at the, at the college level. Uh, you know, and I would agree with you. And and the running back Henry from Uly, Florida. You know, Sam, this is a young man that's six three, two forty five right now. You know, in high school, coming out of high school. You're right. He took a he he ran the ball a lot in high school. So he's already banged up pretty good, and he's a tall guy. So I, you really wonder, is that the position that he's going to play at Alabama? I would hope so. I don't think Saban bringing guys in and unless he's a corner and he's eventually going to play safety or he's a safety and he's moving the corner. I just can't see too many other positions that this young man can play besides running back. But at 6'3", 245, not so sure. I tell you what, man, he's already on campus and there's already stories of uh, just how 
freakish of an athlete he is. His roommate is a 6'4", 250-plus-pound tight end, man, and he said that it's just scary uh, having Henry as a um, roommate and just some of the things that he can do at that size, man. And uh, a lot of people project him to um, possibly be a defensive end or a linebacker. Kid's a great athlete, but I can really see him filling that role that Lacey had at the University of Alabama and just being that big back that's going to run downhill. Because I tell you what, 6'3", 240 pounds with a 4'5", don't nobody want to hit that guy when he's going full speed. No, hey, but at the same time, Sam, you, they're going to hit him. They're going to hit him low, hit him low. You're 6'3". And it's, it's not And he runs high, too. He, and he, he does to, run high. He got he to learn to get his pad level down. Had a All lot right. of opportunities to see the kid play. That, that's one of the things that he's going to have to do a good job of uh, working on. But, hey, he has the added benefit of being on campus now. Uh, he gets to go through spring ball. He gets to learn the system and, uh, and really – for a football player, a young football player, spring football is where it really slows down because when you get to the college as a true freshman, coaches don't have time to, to, to stall, install a system at a slow pace. Now, during the spring, everything's going to be nice and slow, and it's, he's definitely going to have an, an advantage over the other freshman running backs that are coming in in the fall. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice American Net. Work. We're about to take a quick break and we have some more recruiting topics. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, Sam, um, Mississippi State, they got, not Mississippi State, but Ole Miss, Ole Miss Rebels, they got a lot wealthier during this recruiting class. I mean, I I understand the the kid, um, Robert um, Ndishi, what's his name? Them, them Dichie, something like that. Dichie, yeah. I can understand him going there because he is, his brother's there. You know, and, and the main reason they recruited his brother is because they wanted him. You know, and, and, and this happens in college football too, Sam. It's, yes, package deals, uh, but they also got the number one wide receiver out of the great state of Illinois. They got the number one offensive tackle in the country, man. They, uh, they, they flipped a couple of commits that were going to, uh, to, to other schools. And, uh, you know, the nation was taking – they took notice. Uh, LeBron James tweeted, man, that Ole Miss is cleaning up, man. And, uh, you, hey, uh, it, it's a great get for the program. Uh, they did uh, go to a bowl game this year. They uh, they won a bowl game. They were uh, competitive in the SEC. They finished 7-6. and six. But uh, I, I still feel that they have some work to do. Uh, it's going to be hard to depend on a bunch of young kids. But uh, I, I am also a big believer that wide receiver is a position that you can come in and have a lot of success as a uh, – as a young kid defensive end is a position where you can put your hand in the dirt you can be a third down specialist you can have a lot of success uh you know offensive tackle is going to be a little harder but uh just an overall great recruiting class by Ole Miss uh I I have to wonder what are they doing in Oxford that are uh to lure all of these young men there It, it, it makes you wonder really you know and and is there something shady going on I'm not so sure. When it is see- the SEC now. You know, there's a lot of stories about the SEC, man, the yeah. Southeastern Conference. Yeah, well, follow the money trail. Follow <laughs> the money trail. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, it might not be this year. But in two years, this may come up to be a little bit fishy when we hear about Ole Miss is, un- is in violation. They're having problems with the NCAA. But t- let me ask you a question. Is it worth it if you go to a big bowl game next year or two years from now and the following year you come you find out you're on, you're on probation? If you're in the BCS championship game or in, in the in, in contention for a BCS championship, is it worth it for for John Henry Wilson uncle to get a job at the factory? Is it worth it? I, some people would say yes. And what can the NCAA really do about a lot of the shadiness that goes on in this in this dirty recruiting business? Hey man, you know the NCAA—they're behind a lot of this, uh, a lot of the madness. So uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. Um, I'm just a firm believer in uh, you do stuff the right way, man. You'll be rewarded. Uh, uh, just because somebody else is cheating, that don't mean that you have to cheat. Uh, but you know uh, that I think you mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of these young kids come from uh, from just poor backgrounds, man, and uh, it, it's kind of tough when uh, somebody's offering you five or ten thousand dollars for a signature, and uh, you know, sometimes a kid they see how hard their parents are working to to try to provide for the family, and uh, sometimes the kid they're gonna do what's in the best interest of the family, and uh, it's not always the right thing to do, but uh, you know. It's tough when you look at a lot of these kids coming from the inner city, man. It's uh, it, it's tough. Is it the right thing to do? Uh, 
No, but at the same time, man, when you can help your family uh, and you can help ease the pain, you know, uh, it's a tough situation to be in. And uh, so I'm not going to pass judgment on any of these young men or or any of these families. Uh, We're just trying to give you the reality of recruiting in its rawest form. And, uh, you know. It's like the elephant in the room, man, and well, nobody, nobody wants to talk about it. But uh, a lot well, of times guys know that uh, things, some of these things are going on. You know, Sam, at one point, um, University of Colorado, were they were, they were just elbows and everything else in trouble, and they just could not stay out of trouble. And one of the problems they had was that when kids went on recruiting trips there, they had prostitutes and, and, and strippers for these young men. Now, come on, man. You're 17 years old. You're on a recruiting visit. And all of a sudden, you know, a call girl come to your room. <coughs> you're supposed to call your mom and dad and you're supposed <laughs> to say, hey, this is, this is not right. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, you know, uh, in a, in, in now in this day and age of recruiting, you know, uh, it, it's different when, when me and you got recruited. You have social media, man. Guys are Facebook and they're, they're tweeting their Instagram and stuff right away. So, uh you know, it's, it's kind of hard because at the end of the day, these are 17 and 18 year old young men and they're going to tweet photos. They're going to um, Facebook stuff that uh, maybe the coaches didn't want them to Facebook or tweet uh, when they were on their visit. And, uh, you know, it can cause a little minor dust up. And, uh, you know, a lot of times these guys. Uh, schools will self-report uh, if they do something. You know, like I know when I was in uh, school and we're recruiting, they say, "Hey, no more announcing the kid's name on the, um, taking them to the stadium and and flashing their names across the jumbotron." But hey, you know, teams still did it. Uh, they would self-report the uh, to the NCA and just get a minor slap on the wrist. So, you know. Uh, Recruiting is tough, and it's going to get tougher for uh, for the coaches. You know, this summer the NCAA will grant head coaches unlimited phone calls and text messages to high school recruits. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to keep up with the Joneses when when something like that happens. You know, and uh, recruiting is also a, a tough and stressful time for some of these coaches that are on the road constantly and uh, away from the, from their families, uh, trying to recruit these young men to these universities. It's, it is a tough job for coaches, you know, and, you know, it's it's a big letdown for a lot of these kids too, Sam, that that have been recruited maybe since they were a sophomore, but maybe something happened between their their, 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 their junior year and their senior year, and the recruiting process became nil. They just stopped being recruited. And in, some of these kids end up, because they have such a passion for this game of football, they end up paying to play or actually getting Pell Grants and, and loans so they can go to a college and play football. You know, Jacksonville University is a college that, it, that they don't give out scholarships, but a lot of kids do get some grants and, um, and, and some other monies to, um, to, to compensate paying for college. But, mo- but almost all of these kids leave that program with a bill that they owe for getting that education. So that's the passion that some people have, man. Some people, you know, they lose an opportunity to go to college maybe because of injury or or maybe because of um, trouble, you know, uh, trouble with the law. You just never know. And and they, they still have a passion for the game and find a way to play. 
Hey man, and, uh, but you you know, a Jacksonville University. I look at a school like that as uh, these young men. Even if you have a a tap when you're done, you're you're investing in yourself because you you have a lot of non-student athletes that they're going to school, they're working, and uh, they're putting themselves through school. They're taking out loans. They the, the one thing that they don't have to do is they don't have the um the physical demands of training and uh, being a student athlete. But at the same time, you have to invest in yourself if you, if you want that education. And uh, it, it is a sacrifice. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like you said, injury uh, can derail someone's uh, recruitment. But at the same time, if you're committed and uh, take care of your business in the classroom, there's a lot of money out there for student athletes. Uh, you know, so, some guys got to realize that, Maybe I don't go D1. I go D2 and I go free. You know, in uh, Jacksonville University, in Jacksonville, they don't give out scholarships. But if your grades are good enough, if you qualify for certain money, sometimes you end up making money. And uh, everything is taken care of. So it's just like in the Division I scholarship. Uh, oh, yeah. So, for sure. But uh, you got to be willing to sacrifice, man. Uh, you know, it, it it, it, it's tough, and uh, sometimes guys uh, they set their their sights too high, and uh, they're disappointed in going to South Florida. They want they thought that they were Florida State, Florida, or Miami. You know, there's nothing wrong with the South Floridas. To me, at the end of the day, if it's free, it's a great opportunity for student athletes to get an education and uh, to better themselves. Because uh, at the end of the day, if you graduate and uh, Intern, you have to put yourself in position to be successful when it's all said and done. And, that, and that's another thing that we really have to look at, the sacrifice that student athletes have to make. Even some of the student athletes that are graduating, when it's time to go out and get a job, they still don't have enough experience because during the off season, you have to work out. You have to be there at the voluntary workouts and you don't have that opportunity to go out and intern and show companies what you're made of and what you bring to the table. So even if you don't go to the league, even if you graduate, you're still behind the eight ball in the sense that you don't have any volunteer hours or internships under your belt. You know, Sam, when, when I was in college in high school, it was basically the blue chippers and everybody else, you know, and, now we have such ratings on these kids. We got four star, three star, two star, and I just I think this is this is actually a, a disservice instead of a service because I don't think you can basically rate a kid out of high school, especially looking at some of these high school tapes. When you see a kid from uh, from a school like Uly, that 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 running back from Uly. He he played in a division in the state of Florida that was not in the top division. I mean, he wasn't even close to the 5A or 6A. I think we even have 8A in the state of Florida now. He played in more like a 2A or a 3A. So he probably never even played against, like, the Miami Northwesterns. He played or- against some uh, some pretty good schools this year, man. He put up some uh- – he put up some big numbers. But, hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about this recruiting game. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, um, Sam, we're, we're talking about this dirty business of recruiting. And, and I have a problem with this three-star, four-star thing. You know, a lot of kids don't develop until year two, and then they become great players, you know. Um, but some players, don't get me wrong, some players are dominant from day one, especially position players like you were talking about, like people that can put their hand on the ground. A lot of You're not going to find too many cornerbacks uh, who are going to play in day one. Some wide receivers can play in day one. It's just too much to learn, I think, at some positions. I, I, I totally agree, and that's why when I watch college football and I, I look at three positions and I say, man, this guy, has, he has to be a sharp, sharp football player. If you can start at quarterback as a true freshman, you're a very smart kid, even if the coaches uh, water down the system or the game plan for you, that uh, there is just a, a – a great responsibility that you have as a quarterback. I also look at the middle linebacker position. If you can play middle linebacker as a true freshman, that's a lot of responsibility uh, because most of the time the middle linebacker, he's in charge of getting the calls from the sideline and communicating with the defense. Uh, free safety is another position that uh, you have to be very sharp if you're going to come in as a young guy because normally uh, free safety and the line, middle linebacker are, are in communication. If a wide receiver uh, – motions the defense can go from one coverage to another so there's a lot of communication involved offensive lineman is a another position that uh that's very hard for a young guy to come in and uh 
and, and play it as a true freshman. Not that it can't be done, but uh, those are just some of the positions that if you're watching, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough adjustment to come in as a young guy and play. Now, as a running back or wide receiver, those positions you can uh, normally transition into very smooth. Defensive back is another position or or defense alignment where there's not that much thinking as a cornerback or a defense alignment. So uh, just interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting, man. It really is interesting. But I guess one of um, you know, how many of these guys actually going to real have a real chance at going to the pros? You know, when we look at it, what are the, what are the numbers of these kids going to the pros? Is it, is it 1%? Of the kids that we saw sign a scholarship on 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 um on Wednesday, or less than one percent. Uh, it's less than one percent, man. Of uh, it's uh eight hundred of every high school player. Your chances of playing professionally is uh it's less than one percent, man. So uh, it's a uh, it's definitely a blessing, and uh, that's including the guys that uh that had great college careers, man. It's just when you really look at the numbers, there's a lot of guys out there, man. There's over a hundred guys on over two hundred. Uh, division one teams and you're not even talking about division uh two and naia and junior colleges so it's just a very very uh tough thing to do man but okay. those who do it are, are, are very fortunate and sometimes you don't realize that the club that you're in man and uh the, the rare accomplishment that you were able to um, accomplish, man, by playing in the National Football League, just going to training camp uh, is it, it's, it's truly a blessing. But, uh, hey, man, I got a question. I just want to know, uh, talk about uh, why some of these young men don't succeed when they get to college. You know what, you know what the number one reason why a lot of kids don't succeed when they get to college? Homesick, man. Homesick. A lot of kids, the first time they've ever been away from home, a lot of times the first time they've ever been away from from mama, you know, man, some some of these guys, they just can't wipe that Similac from their mouth and go away from home. Yeah, I, I also think another thing that uh, a lot of these guys, uh, they don't do enough research on uh, how tough academically some of these schools are. You know, uh, like the University of Miami, uh, it's a private school, you know, uh, one benefit of that is you're going to get smaller uh, classes, but uh, you know it, it's a tough university to get in. I know at the University of Michigan, uh, it, the, the academic <laughs> academics was uh, was was very tough, and uh, some of these young men, I, I don't feel that they do enough homework, and uh, sometimes school can just become too hard. And uh, regardless of the resources that you do that you have, the one thing I can say. Uh, Guys have all of the resources to be successful if they're willing to put in the work. And and that's that's why I, I disagree with school being hard. And and most people that I talked to and when that dealt with college was a whole lot easier than high school. You know, high school you had the same teacher every day for for um, an hour, you know, every day. And in college you most time had every other day schedule, um, and the help that you receive as an athlete. I mean the tutoring services, the, the 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 just the computers that they have now. It, it was just it was just unbelievable how much help you had when I got to college. Um, 
So that's what made it a lot easier for me. Uh, and it, it was, it was, you know, and at the University of Miami, we had some classes um, where we where it was just football players. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it was it was just us, and we had tutors. So things were different. I, I, I think another reason why guys aren't successful is that um, a lot of these guys, they're not used to taking coaching, man. So uh, they're not used to um, the coaching styles of some of the coaches because, you know, when you're going through the recruiting process, it, it's just uh, um, it's a, a love, love courtship. You know, uh, you're not really seeing the, the coaching side of these guys. You know, they're wooing you. They're trying to get you to their university. But uh, when it comes time to be coached up, some of these kids, that they're just not used to being coached hard, man, like uh, like you're going to be coached in, uh, in, in college. Because, you know, in, in high school uh, – Maybe once, maybe twice throughout the season, you're going to come up against a kid that uh, that has your skill set. If you're a Division One, if you're a major Division One recruit, so for the most part, you're, you're, the competition is not going to be the same. But when you get to college, everybody's an All-American. Everybody's big. Everybody's strong, and everybody can run just as fast as you. That's true, Sam. And and if you're not mentally prepared. And I mean, ready to take your take your game to the next level, take your fitness to the next level, take your nutrition to the next level. Because now everything is everything is measured when you when you get to college. You know, um, from from your waist to how much you eat, how much you sleep. You know, um, people actually come by and, and and check and see if you if you are asleep. You know, so. Everything is measured now, and 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 some people can't be don't like this um, confinement that college football put on a lot of young people. Now, to me, I think it's the best thing that probably could have happened to me is the discipline, the the in a sense the confinement, the uh, the manipulation of my time um, while I was in college by coaches and and the and the athletic department. So it was a good thing for me, and I uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. Amen. Uh, it was definitely, definitely a great experience for uh, for for me and uh, just j- just a blessing, man. Uh, I, I guess the next thing I want to ask is uh, if you're a young freshman and if you don't want to sit the bench your freshman year, uh, what are some of the things that you can do to impress the coaches and the upperclassmen as a freshman? <laughs> You know, uh, one of the things that a lot of freshmen don't want to do, and that's um, stay after practice. You know, let these guys know that you're really seriously committed because you're gonna. It's gonna be some guys that's gonna stay after practice, and it's gonna be some guys that's gonna rush straight in the locker room as soon as practice is over. And uh, and I guess you know, and and, and showing people that um, that you're not afraid. I think that's one of the things that we really we, we really look to freshmen to see is he afraid. You know, you could because you can see fear. Now, you know, you get hit one time by the right person, you can see fear. And, and trust me, it's going to be some veterans out there that's going to be talking a lot of talk and trying to talk the fear in you. So I say, if you can, you know, show no fear, and that's one of those things we need we talk about too. And um, and put in the time, man. Put in the time in the weight room, in the film, in the film session after practice. That's what I tell them. All right, man, and uh, just just to piggyback off of that, I, I think that you have to show up prepared, man. And uh, when I say being prepared, that's uh, 
if you think you're in shape, think again. You you have to pretty much double what you're doing. Uh, be enthusiastic about the workouts, the film, the practice class, and uh, I, I think these young men have to learn how to um, to humble themselves and put their ego to the side and uh, be prepared mentally to give up everything in your life to succeed if you want to be successful, man. Well, one day at one day at an Alabama practice, and I'm sure your ego goes straight in your pocket, and you don't have to worry about that. They also have to be be prepared to earn the right to play. Hey guys, uh, you know we had some NFL topics that we really wanted to get into, but when you're having fun, uh, it, time flies, man. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We look forward to talking with you next week, but uh, unfortunately. Time's up. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.